0: Thank you for tuning in. Check out the Burnham Project on Substack. You can listen to Burnham Podcast. You can see videos. You can read my blog. And you can get it all sent straight into your inbox. You can also watch us on Rumble and on YouTube. We like Rumble better, just being totally candid with you. You can also listen to Burnham Podcast anywhere that you can find a podcast. We're all over the place. So when you get there, make sure that you like, subscribe, share, click the bell, Push the rumble button. Whatever the service has to offer, just do that. Tell people about us and make sure that people know that uh, Burnham Podcast is a thing and they should definitely listen to it. Thank you very much. Everybody knows one of those guys that wears a whole bunch of hats, does all kinds of things. Uh, maybe he's a pastor. Maybe his name is I die. Maybe folks call him dad. Lots of folks call him dad. 8, 9, 10 kids call him dad. He's a He's a businessman. He's a minister, he's a whole bunch of things, Uh, but for the purposes of this episode, we're just going to call him Vince. Welcome to Burnham Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Burnham. The light's on now.
1: So that means it's on? That means it's go time. It could
0: be go time. He can cut this part out later if it's not any good. Cool. But we're going to go just for... For funsies, because we're here Sweet. and because the light's on, we've got a live studio audience tonight. Man, uh,
1: it's fantastic. Sweet. So I can drink this. It's good to go. It's good to go. Right, yeah, man. no,
0: it's, we're, we're official now. You can dive into the official Burnham podcast water. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Those cups are dope, man. Those aren't?
0: Right. They made right here in Rome, Georgia. Oh,
1: man. That's pretty yeah. cool. Pretty cool.
0: Right. So, anyways, we're here with Vince Carr, right? Um, Vince, why, why would people know you?
1: Man, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I asked myself that question. No, I've done, uh, I've traveled. I've done Christian hip-hop. I did Christian hip-hop for years. I took a break, and now I'm getting back into it. Um, I traveled and spoke for years, and now I'm a pastor in Rockmart, Georgia, at North Church Rockmart.
0: Good deal. Yeah. How, I was just thinking earlier today, I was like, when did I meet Vince? Oh, wow.
1: It was during the, uh, man, it was, you and Quentin were doing the, uh, the flag thing it was rally for Christ. Yeah, rally for Christ. Yeah. That's it. Was that the first time we met? I think that was the first time we met. Yeah. And then um, you guys came, and then I did a few shirts for you guys, and then you did the event, and we came out to the event. Yeah, I think that, I believe that's the first time we might
0: met. have been. Man. That sounds right. I can't say that that's not right. Yeah. That's got to be. That so that would have been twenty fifteen. Man, I have no idea.
1: Sounds right. Hey, it yeah, it was twenty fifteen because that's yeah. right when we started our business and all that stuff. Yeah. So, are you still doing the business? I am. I am. We don't do a lot of... We mainly do commercial stuff now. So, when we met you guys, we had just started, and we are doing... Anyone that walked into the door, we are just trying to pay bills at that point. Right. So, now we've signed contracts with uh, commercial businesses, and we're vendors and things like that. So our focus has changed that way i can focus more on ministry and right. being a dad and being a pastor and things like that so so what is the business so it's meat and potatoes management group right? yeah. and what we do is we focus on marketing we do everything from t-shirts to business plans to websites to everything in between and uh once i got old and i got tired of touring as much as i did <laughs> i said i'm gonna let's find a real legitimate business right, we'll all yeah. have to be on the road and that's what we do man and god really blesses when we first started uh we went in with a ministry mindset. Right was our thing we said we everything we do regardless of it's doing t-shirts, building websites, whatever we want to bring glory to God and uh God opened up a lot of doors um our first contract was actually with a plumbing company and when they came to us I was like this is going to be stupid like I was <laughs> like cuz I mean it's a plumbing company I was like how many shirts could they possibly need well a little did i know i treated him like he was like the president of the United States of America right. and um, he he doesn't just do plumbing. They actually travel all over the country and they build apartments. So, like, he was actually one of our first biggest, bigger contracts that we've ever had. Um, his company does probably about one hundred seventy-five million dollars profit every year plumbing. I was like. So this wasn't Billy Bob's
0: plumbing company. No, No, this is like
1: big plumbing (laughs) company. And they've been with us for years. And then we started working with uh, Orphan Aid Liberia. We Mm, started doing their stuff. Um, We do stuff with um, one of the biggest healthcare systems in the Southeast. So God opened up a lot of doors. And one of the things that I have always said is regardless if I'm doing – five shirts or 5,000 right. or a big website or, or a little website. I want to make sure that I always treat each, each customer like they matter because they do because right. God opened up that door for me to be able to meet them. So I do that. That was a really long answer. We got time. We okay, got time. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, listen, I got a lot of long answer. I'm a pastor, answers and I can drag it out.
0: We life. might be here all night between two pastors. It'd be. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> have 15 altar calls we'll <laughs> close right, out right. about 15 times. That's what we do. In well, in closing, yeah. right? That's where we we're all guilty. Of, in closing, and then we talk for, we pre preach the sermon. Exactly. Again. You know, yeah.
1: if you got instruments behind you, you play that a little bit. And then, you know, that's what I do. Find some random item in the room, use it as an illustration. That's type of pastor I am. So, yeah.
0: No, you just you, you pull a rabbit out of your hat when you have to, and exactly. you know, make exactly. things up as you don't make things up. That's bad. No, nah, that's ever make nope, things up.
1: Nope. <laughs> Danny does. I don't make so, things. I, I Maybe I may on occasion,
0: but you, so being a pastor, like this is this is your first pastorate, right?
1: Uh, it's my first. Well, so yes and no. I was associate pastor at a church okay actually i was an associate pastor out here in rome georgia at uh, impact church of rome we, oh, were, yeah. we were like a hip-hop church yeah and uh, we did that for a while and then we felt like god called us all different directions mm-hmm. and then my wife and i we started a church i was a youth pastor before then uh we started a church called relevant church but with me touring and everything i couldn't be here to actually pastor a church right i mean I know it sounds easy to pastor church, but if you're not oh, yeah, there, it's super crazy. It's really <laughs> hard. But uh, I actually, before I became a pastor, I said, I will never be a pastor. Cause me too. That's what, you know, <laughs> My mindset was like, that's where pastors, like people in ministry go to like die. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, I don't want to be a pastor, but um, I actually went to this church, man, and I actually went to go speak and they said, Will you be a pastor? And I went to God and I was like, Hey, I'm gonna put five petitions before you. And if you answer this man, I know it's you. Yeah. But in a week they were answering. I was like, all right, so can we try it again? <laughs> like can we run it back, you know. But I've been a pastor for five years, man. It's been it's been it's been a roller coaster, especially yeah. with COVID and all the other craziness, man.
0: Well, that's kind of what we were talking beforehand. That's where kind of where we came from. You guys you you picked up an existing church, mm-hmm. and then you navigated through that. What was that like?
1: So, like, well, when I it was so weird because when I actually um, started pastoring um, our church, it, it's it was going through like a church split at that moment. Mm. Um, so the pat there were actually a church that was about to close down, and there was a handful of members. That said, we're not going to close down. We're right. going to keep our doors open. Um, so when I came in, they're like, "Hey, you want to pastor our church?" I said, "No, God. Well, if it's your will, make it happen." I went in, and then I found out that there was a church split, which was ta da, you uh. know. So, um, <laughs> so we built from ground zero. When we first came, there's probably like seven to eleven people, families right. or seven to eleven people there, and we built and built and built, and we outgrew our building. In my my interview, to become the pastor. I actually said to them, I was like, I want to outgrow the building we're in within a year. And six right. months later, God just – people just came, and it was great. And then COVID hit. Like, we got a new building. We started building. Um, we're running uh, – we're talking about doing two services. And then, wow, you know, COVID just – I don't know, man. It was weird. It was you know the weirdest thing ever. Yeah, man. In seminary, they don't teach you that stuff. They're not <laughs> like, hey, pandemic virus, door shut. So it was it was weird navigating because when you're a hands-on pastor, mm-hmm. um, like we're very hands-on. We we hang out with our church members, we're there with them and their victories and their losses and their right. whatever. Um, and then all of a sudden the world tells you to stay six feet apart. It's it's hard on me as a pastor, but it was hard on our congregation because, yeah. you know, I can pastor from a distance, but it's not the same right. when, when I'm there with you. Yeah. And at that moment in time, man, I was, I was afraid of COVID because like everything said, you know. Hey, if you're overweight and if you're black, you're going to die. And I was both. So so I was like, (laughs) stay away from me, you know? Yeah, yeah. But we we decided to go ahead and and do the the parking lot service thing, man. We did that twice. And I was like, this ain't working. People were getting sunburned, man. I was like, I don't care what happens. We're going to open our door. And uh, it was great, man. We were doing good until we did a concert, and I threw water on everybody and gave a bunch of people COVID. And and uh, yeah, really, yeah, I really did, man. We they let you stay after that. I mean, you know, they're not going <laughs> to get rid of me. So, <laughs> but I um, my wife, she had her gallbladder removed, mm-hmm. and while at the hospital, we were at the hospital she works at. I was taking my mask off and all that kind of stuff, and I think I contracted it there. But I was doing shows. We had about four shows that weekend. And uh, we had rehearsals all week, and my throat was hurting, and I was tired. But I didn't think anything. I was like, you know, I'm old, starting to do these concert things, trying to act like I'm young again. And uh, so I went out, did the show. Like I do at most of my shows. I took the last bottle. The song is really hyped. Threw it out in the crowd. Uh, that was on a Saturday, Monday. My son woke up with a 103.7 temp. So, and then it just kept following. My wife was like, it's not your fault. You're good. Until she lost her taste and smell. Then it became my fault. Right. So, yeah, so.
0: It's on you then. Yeah. I got it. And I didn't know I had it for several days. It wasn't that bad. I didn't have a really yeah. bad case of it. But I was so sore and tired. Yeah, Right? Man. But I was training... Jiu-jitsu a lot at the yeah. time. I was always sore and tired. Yeah. The, the the difference was I had a little scratch in my throat and I had cough. And exactly. I like, well, every season's allergy season in Georgia, right? Exactly. These days the a cough or a sneeze turns into like the Salem Witch Trials. <laughs> but that was where I was at for like four days. And finally Jessica was like, you need to get tested. And she was short at the nursing home. And she was like, come up here and I'll test you. Yeah. So I, I'm dying. I get in the car. I really don't feel good. I'm tired and I'm beat up. And by the time I got there, I felt fine. Oh, man. I was good. Like, my nose cleared up. Scratchy throat was gone. Like, And this is like a two-mile drive. Like, <laughs> this is not a long – so I get there and I test. test comes back negative. And I was like, man, I'm sure that I, I – I was positive still that I had – and I had it later and tested oh, positive man. later. yeah. You know, a year later. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, I didn't get a positive test, but I'm sure
1: looking back that's what it was. You now. probably had it, yeah, yeah. man. We, we caught it. We've had it like four times. I wear it as a badge of honor. So we survived, we, COVID, we four survived COVID four times, but we've had it a couple times. And, um, you know, when I had it the first time, I didn't know I had it. But then after everyone else got it, you know, it was like, you know, I'm sure I had it. Right. And then we have seven people in our house. So we catch COVID. It's 21 days everybody's, out. Everybody's. Yeah. yeah, exactly, man. So I was like, I'm ready to go back to pastoring. You know, I'm ready to go preach again. So I tested and uh, that, that test lit up like a Christmas tree. And my wife was like, "Well, now that you test, you got to quarantine, right?" And I was like, "All right, cool. That's this can't be that hard." I was at home for like 15 minutes. I was like, "I can't do it, man." The Quarantine walls are was the in. worst, man. <laughs> who are you telling me? So I, I, I did what any good. American would do. I went to Walmart because I was like, everybody's got COVID at Walmart, right, bro. Yeah. Like everybody, cashiers, yeah, in there. exactly, bro. <laughs> I was like, you know what? They make me bag my own groceries. I'm giving them COVID. I was like, that's fair. Yeah, tit for tat, right? But it was, it was, it was a great experience having COVID. You know, I yeah. learned a lot about my kids and learned a lot about life and just I don't know, man. I I did a lot of praying. I yeah. did a whole lot yeah. of praying because, like I said, I was. I was scared, but I was, I don't even think I was scared of COVID, but I was really honestly, truthfully going back to the pastor thing. I was scared cause I didn't know what was going to happen to our church. You yeah. know, um, I was like, man, we're not having service. And as a pastor, you know, if, if people aren't giving, then we can't keep the doors open. You right. know, we have a whole lot of faith, but Georgia power doesn't care how much faith we have. Mm-hmm. They want <laughs> dollar bills, but it's one of those things where it was so weird. Cause during COVID man, People gave and gave and gave and gave. Yeah. And and I don't know if they're afraid they're going to die or what. But, you know, I mean, it, it was just amazing watching God work. And, yeah. You know, and like we did online prayer meetings and we were able to see people, you know, jump on board and people like pray for this person. They're going through this. And uh, we did online service, Easter service. I was like in a button down up top and I was in shorts on the bottom. Finally, I just stood up and was like, guys, I'm in my pajama pants and I'm, I'm in just the being real. And I was out. like, listen, because I'm going to stand <laughs> up at some point. You're going to see it. But it, I think it helped grow me as a, as a person in a pastor yeah. because it made me realize that there may come a time where we won't have the luxury of a building and yeah. we still have to be able to reach people. So, you know, it made me say, Vince, how are you going to reach people without a pulpit and a platform? Yeah. And I had to learn that church is bigger than church as we know it, you know. Um, so as a pastor, I've learned to love people Without a five point sermon and show them Jesus without a five point sermon, which is it's been pretty cool man yeah, It's been pretty awesome well that's that brought out that time period
0: brought out our creativity, hopefully and yeah. it should have because we, we were at a point, my brother and I were talking about this at one point time didn't matter no if you had a job that you couldn't go to anymore it didn't yeah. matter what time it was exactly because you, you sleep whenever wake up whenever write a 1000 page blog, yeah. start a podcast, or whatever you wanted to do. Yeah. And it just didn't matter. So a lot of people were come up with a lot of ways to to reach out or to I don't know. I think probably some people were building ramparts and <laughs> hiding themselves, you know, but but that was a time of real like a, a real renaissance type yeah. of uh, experience where there was nothing else to do but come up with cool stuff
1: to do. Man, man. So. It, it was weird, man. I you know, and, and like I told my wife, I was like, this is going to be awesome because I was like, I'm going to be at home, like, watching all the Netflix shows. But Then I saw myself gravitating towards, like, the news and numbers and mm-hmm. things like that, man. Yeah. And the more I watched that, like, the more fear set in. But then I eventually, it was like I was reading my devotion one day, and God basically was like, do you trust me more than a number? and and I sat there, I was like, well, you know, I see this number, where, where are you? No, I'm just kidding, I didn't say that, but I was like, I see, you know, I'm seeing this number, but it wasn't until I got away from watching the news and yeah. looking at the numbers and things like that, because my wife would come home and I would like literally hit her up with Lysol, like, because she's a nurse, bro. <laughs> yeah. And she was at, you know, she was at the ER and I was like, you have any COVID patients? And she was like, well, and she, I, nothing else had to spray in yeah. her like that, right, you know? right. But once I finally got away from the numbers and the chaos and the fear, it was like, okay, we're going to be fine. We're going to yeah. make it through this thing. And once I caught it, I was like, oh, me and COVID, we can kick it. I'm, yeah, I'm good with good. that, bro. You know, whatever. Yeah. A little scratchy throat, no smell, no taste. I'm good. Yeah, so yeah. then I caught it four other times. and. You know. We hit the wife lottery though. Both of us did because we yeah, both married exactly. nurses.
0: So we can get through those times.
1: Exactly. We've had everything under the sun. So, I mean, yeah. COVID's just
0: another like, they just You know, bring it home to exactly. us. But then they take care of us and it, it all sorts uh, out. Your wife but, takes
1: care of you? So,
0: uh, yeah, I have to say, yeah. Bruh. How does that How does that feel like? Reena's going to see this, man. I mean,
1: she, she knows, bro. She knows. She, <laughs> I, <laughs> she,
0: she knows. Uh, no, well, I say she takes care of me when the kids are not climbing up her leg or yeah. breaking something or running the bathtub over, you know. So yeah. So most of the time, she's not taking care of me, as it turns out. Man, I'm I mean. Not, not really
1: about this I don't, Jessica's going to see this. You I know. know I,
0: mean, well, <laughs> I, I made a podcast one time about how she doesn't listen to my podcast. Oh,
1: did she listen so. to it?
0: Uh, I don't know if she ever did. You should ask her. It was some real Proverbs 31 stuff in there. Was man. it really? Yeah, it was I mean, great. I mean, it wasn't like my wife didn't listening to my podcast and yeah. it sounded that way. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we call the hook, right? So yeah, now yeah. you got to find out what it's about. But it was about how when I, while I'm recording the podcast in the kitchen, she's like holding the kids down in the living oh, room so they don't make any noise, you know, stuff like
1: man, that. Man, that's pretty so, dope. Yeah, it was that's, cool. It was my cool. wife will listen to that first line and be like, you know what? I'm mad at you. And then she wouldn't even listen to the rest. So,
0: so. so if you said something really sweet right now, she's already dialed out. I mean,
1: she already dialed out. She's like, uh. I don't take care of him. I always take care of him. So There's <laughs>
0: something good on Netflix. You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Man.
0: Uh, so we, but we survived COVID. And your church survived COVID.
1: We did. We and did. And you're,
0: you're better now than you were?
1: As far as our, uh, me personally? The church. Well, the, the church is – I think it – Our numbers went down, of course. Yeah. Um, But I really... We have a lot of new families and a lot of new faces. And the one thing that I think it really taught us the church, period, even our new members, is the excitement of rebuilding, you know, because when you walk into a church that's already established, then it's so easy for you to get lost in the crowd and just become like somebody that's just sitting there. So I I would say like, number wise, of course we're down, but like, you know,
0: people that are just everybody,
1: everybody, I mean, I read a Gallup did a report in 2021 where they said we are 50%, the church is is dying at a 50% rate. Um, and then they said that every year after that, there was another report that said every year from 2020 up until now, there's a 3% loss. So I did this whole thing the other day with our church. And I was like, think about this guys. Out of the, the 10 people that's, that, you know, two of them were going to church before 2021 and now one of them have left. So out of 10 people and one person stays And, and the other startling thing was like, In America, only 20% of America goes to church, you know. In spite
0: of what is it, 70%? Exactly. Claiming they're Christians. Yeah, man.
1: And it's, wow, that's a scary number. So when when people came in, you know, we really pushed that. We Mm. pushed that there's a need for people needing Jesus. Right. And uh, so with our new people, man. It's dope. I, I would say, yeah, we're in a much better place with new people and new faces. Not saying I don't love the people that were there before. Oh, right, of course. Because that maybe be be like, you know, forget me. <laughs> so, but but they were great people. But it's I think it, it really helped, especially our leadership team. We're more rooted. You know, like Quentin, he's part of our leadership yeah. team. And, you know, even – I think we were getting so lax knowing that, okay, this Sunday we're going to at least have 100, 115 people. You yeah. know? Now we're like, okay, what can we do to go out there and let people know that we're here and right. let people know that Jesus is real? So it forced us, like I think you said it best, it forced us to be creative yeah. in, in the way that we approach ministry and people and, and Jesus. so.
0: Those numbers are scary, though. They really are. That's what I I remember when we were first starting as a church and somebody asked me, it was funny. The guy that asked me, he said, well, why why does Rome Georgia need one more church? You know, I, I drive past 15 churches. We drive three miles to come here yeah. and I drive past, I think, what, seven churches and I could drive the same distance in another direction and pass seven more. Wow. And he's like, so why do we need one more church in Rome, Georgia? I said, well, where do you go to church? And he was like, well, I don't go to church. Okay, all right. <laughs> that's why we need one more church because there's somebody else that's looking for a church. Exactly, man. Or exactly. maybe not. But if we do something, we do something different than a lot of other churches do. So maybe we're what they're looking for instead of some other church, or maybe some other church is not what we are. And
1: yeah, man. That's why
0: we have different things, though, right? We absolutely. do things differently. And absolutely, yeah. man.
1: We have so many around our church. We have, I think, like four churches. Yeah. And then we have people, like our members go there, they're playing it there and tell everyone that those churches are cults that come to our. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm actually connected with all the local pastors, man. We we love all of our local that's pastors. That's how it should be, man. Yeah, man. And that's like when I first moved to Rockmart. like it's so weird because when I got the pastor job at Rockmart, Mart, it was like job offers came in. I actually got a job for like $150,000 to pastor church in a house. And I was like, Man, then I got a youth pastor job down in Florida for like seventy five thousand dollars, and I was like, "Man, I should take this," but God was like, <laughs> "Don't you dare do it!" Yeah, and, yeah, and, you know. And I, I talked to my wife, and my wife's like, "No, we're not going anywhere." Yeah, and and uh, and we have we have stayed where where we are, and and it has been a blessing. And you know, with. When I became a pastor, and I don't know if you've had this, but, man, we had a lot of battles that hit us, man, a lot of battles. Within, like, three weeks of us becoming a pastor, my daughter, she ended up getting, like, a six-centimeter cyst on her Whoa. hip and on the nerve, on the hip. She has PCOS, and she couldn't walk. Mm. And they were testing her for, like, multiple sclerosis and all this other stuff. And there was months where we didn't know what was going on, man. Yeah. And our church prayed us through every single moment. And I sit there and I'm like, if we would have left, what would have happened? You know? Yeah. And not just our church, but then, but we had other local pastors in the community that found out, man, and they prayed us through it. And then in Rockmart, you know, there is a lot of people don't know, but there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of gangs in Rockmart, yeah. and a lot of drug use. And there was a shooting that happened, um, in like this little community where things happen, you know, um, but all the pastors pulled together, all the local pastors, and went out and talked to the community, reached out to the community. That's man. awesome. Yeah, dude. So it's it's really dope. So, yeah, we definitely need more churches. I mean, because even if uh, there was a, a study done where they said, if you took every church, filled it to the brim, you still wouldn't have enough seats for all the people in your community. Yeah. And that's, that's the truth, man. And the reality is, is that, not everyone's going to like my church and everyone's going to like the other church. They don't like my church then they're filthy, dirty sinners and we don't want them there anyway. (laughs) But (laughs) I just said on your podcast, you just lost Like He's going to edit that out. (laughs) But if you don't like Vince's
0: church, you can come to
1: ours. (laughs) But I think, man, I think variety is great, man. I think it's really cool because we can, I connect with so many other churches, especially doing music. I, I've seen so many churches and I've experienced so many churches and so many different vibes. And, you know, and I, I I would say that I've never been to any church that's the exact same. Right. But they've all brought some value to my life. And that's why we need more churches, man. Yeah. We need more. We need more Danny Burnham's out here doing their thing.
0: I mean, I don't know how I got talked into this. It was stuff. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I've sure. been through it. For you sure. know, it was Jesus. Yeah. Because it wasn't, I never would have thought, yeah, I, you know, I would like to pastor a church. Like I, I never would have pursued yeah. that.
1: No one pursues it. It, no just, one it actually,
0: that. it pursued me. Yeah. Because I, I we were talking about how our church started, you know, during COVID, and there was another guy that was leading the group, right? He he would come in and preach every Sunday, and he was a, a Presbyterian pastor. Wow! Uh, he got a job, moved to South Carolina in like, we started meeting in like April of twenty, and then first of May he's gone. What? So and there's other Presbyterians that well they won't they won't have a service unless somebody yeah. is there that's ordained and can do the call to worship and exactly, all this stuff. yeah. So they're like, well, who's it going to be next week? And I was like, uh, you're ordained. And I was like, I'm a Baptist. I don't know what you want from me. But uh, they were like, we, we don't care. I just just be the guy. So I was like, okay. So I started preaching to that group. What? And then later on, we became Rome Reformed Church. So that's what? that's how I became a pastor. That's cool. Now, yeah. you
1: guys started in a hotel, right? Like in a-
0: we. Yeah, when, when we first met as Rome Reform Church, uh-huh. we met in a hotel. Man. Um, when we when we first started gathering during COVID, it was in a bar around the corner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we, we were meeting in a, in a meeting room at a hotel, and then Man. we moved into this. Illustrious, beautiful, uh, this is pretty dope. Gajillion man. dollar sanctuary, and uh,
1: man, I like it. I think it's pretty cool. I like
0: it. It's not ideal. It's not the place that I would have said some time ago. Like you know, I bet it'd be cool to have church in there, but yeah. it's,
1: it's been great for us. Man, I don't think anyone ever plans on having church in a certain building. Yeah, and then it just happens. When we actually got our church, I was going for a much smaller facility mm-hmm. around the corner that would have cost us a lot more money, mm-hmm. and God opened up a door where the guy I, I, we plenty of story we went to go buy our building we we're meeting the owner of the building um and i had this number in my mind because it was a, it's an old bank and yeah. then it turned to city hall and i was like i'm gonna offer him and i hope he's not watched this i don't think he will be but i was gonna offer him <laughs> like two hundred thousand dollars and a bunch of tax write-offs right and he we sat at this thing and i opened up my ipad man and he was like Well, I'm gonna give you my number and then we can talk. And, you know, if you don't like it or whatever, he was like, I'm gonna give you the building. He said, told us how he's been watching us and whatever. So I'm gonna give it to you for $72,000 and 6% interest rate. And I was like, Okay. And he was like, what's your numbers? I was like, what numbers? And I, just up my <laughs> I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. I don't have numbers. And those, I, those are my that numbers. Works. You, you that just works. said them. So, but Rockmart is such a small town. Man. And this is how God works because I never expected to get this building. So he was like, let's shake hands and call it a day. And that's just the way Rockmart works. It's mm-hmm. like small town, USA, which is pretty dope. But um I was like can we get an attorney like can we get some paperwork or something <laughs> Make this official. so yeah so we uh. we prayed man and, and a lady in our church she's a broker and her attorney actually wrote up all of our paperwork for free and uh that's we, awesome we went into the church man and we had contractors and plumbers and electricians man and they came through and they built the church um right before easter easter sunday we were there at three o'clock in the morning And then I went home, I got a couple hours of sleep and I preached the next morning. I don't even know what I said. I could have said Santa Claus like came out of the tomb. I don't know what I said, bro, but it was a full house and, and, you know, God has been doing some cool things. Ever since that day,
0: man. That's awesome, man. Yeah, man. Yeah.
1: It's been it's been really awesome. But so
0: what is your church is called North Church. Yes. What's the significance of that? I the have name?
1: no idea. It was called that when I got no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I really don't know, but the way that we've always looked at it was pointing people north, pointing people towards Christ. Yeah. Um, you know, our our motto is um we we love God which in which employs us to love people. Yeah. Um, you know, when I first came there the the mantra vision or whatever was love God, love people. But one of the things that we've always said is that we want to be labeled as different. Mm -hmm. And, and I want us to be labeled as different because I don't want us to look like your typical church. I want us to look like heaven. I want to, I want to see broken people, black people, white people, Hispanic people, Asian people. And when I first got there, man, I I preached and I was tired. We had taken the kids to extreme winter and I stood on the stage Uh. and I said, Well, guys, we look like a box of chalk, and I don't like it. And my wife just held her head down like, oh, my goodness. Uh, We're fired. So, yeah. So, I was like, we need Hispanic people and black people. And ironically enough, man, uh, my daughter just spilled a can. You good? Okay. All good. Ironically enough, man, shortly after that, we actually got uh, some black couples, and then we got – um, an Asian person, and then we got Hispanic people, and I'm like, dude, we're the melting pot of Rockmart. This is dope. That's awesome. You know, and we have pastors asking us, like, how did you do it? I'm well, like, that's what I was about to ask you. Was it- <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, it's, it's one of those, I think I just prayed for it. Like, yeah. I, I genuinely went to God, and I was like, I want us to have some diversity because I don't want anyone to walk into a building and feel like they don't belong. You right. Know? Um, I preached a sermon, a message entitled elephant in the room. And it was all about race. Yeah. And um, you know, and I asked my congregation a very like scary question. I asked them a couple, but I asked them, I said, how many of you would say that you're not racist? And Everyone raised their hand, everybody, of man. Course. Of course, everybody was like, Yeah, except for one person. I was like, Whoa, I wasn't expecting Put your that. Hand up, so, <laughs> like, can, you, can you please? You're not helping my sermon. So, but then I started asking, I was like, How many of you have walked out of a church because no one looked like you? and there's hands that went up, and I said, How many of you have ever made a racist comment or made a racist joke? and then more hands went up, and then I said, This is why we prayed for our church to look like this. Yeah. So that you can see what heaven's going to look like. Heaven's not going to look like the perfect church. It's not going to look like your perfect vision of what a Christian should look like. It's going to be a a coloring box of people from different backgrounds. So, man, we prayed about it and, and God made it happen. That was my prayer. God, make us a coloring box, man. Make us, I want black, white, pink, red, yellow, purple. I want it all, man. Yeah. And we've had some we've had some some characters in our church. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I got stories for, for days. People, man. Yeah. You,
0: you get people bring a crowd of people in there and they do people stuff. I like that. And people then... stuff. Because normally I say stupid
1: stuff, but people, people stuff. stuff. Sounds people more pastorally like. Yeah, yeah. I've learned that in my short time as a pastor. People stuff. That. People stuff. Man, I'm gonna use that. People, I like that. Yeah. I got to call people. I got to text and say, stop doing people. Stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> I got to hit them you up. take a break though. so you can send those out. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: but that, that's awesome, though, that you're able to d- diversify a church. Yeah. Because, sadly, Sunday is the most segregated day of the week. It is. In churches, you know, because I, I, we work with black people and white people and Asian people, you know, and, yeah. and but come Sunday – you go to your place and I go to mine. Exactly. And we don't so much as as get together and, and have a cookout. Yeah. You know? and it's, <laughs> so I don't know. It's That's always been something that I struggle with. Like, Why yeah. why is it like that? We used to have a, a black church across the street from, can I say black church? Is that a thing? I don't know. So it's a black church across the street from our, <laughs> I'll say our white church. Uh-huh. And I didn't know anybody that went to church there. Yeah. And, and they didn't know anybody that went to church with us. And it just wasn't. We didn't serve the kingdom together. Exactly. We could do separate mission work even within the community. We exactly. didn't work with them. Um but we separate ourselves on Sundays. Yeah.
1: It's scary too, man, because the thing is like first John four, you know, where the evangelist John he talks about how can you say you have God if you don't love your neighbor? Yeah. And then he goes on and he's like, you know, you've seen your neighbor, but you've never seen God. And that was one of the scriptures that really gut punched me because I'm like I'm not racist, but I'm always like, you know, this person or that person, like, I'll be like, they probably put raisins in their potato salad because they're white, you know, (laughs) or like they can cook real good because they're black, you know, (laughs) but like, the reality is like, we don't think those things are like racist statements and they are right. And the devil takes like those little tiny things and he expands on them. And, and it took me a while to realize that Vince, you've got to change that so that God can change your heart. Yeah. And and then I finally started saying, you know what, they're not black, white, Hispanic, Asian, da-da-da-da-da. I still look at color because I think that's a beautiful thing that God created. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, I stopped classifying people in their character based on the tone of their skin. And I started looking at their their lives and their character. And based on that, I'm like, either this person needs Jesus or this person has them, And how can I help them grow that's closer? That's it, right? There's that's what kinds it of people. That's yeah. it, man. That's it. The saved and, and the unsaved and, yeah. and the unsaved man, I'm gonna love them just like I do the saved because I want them to see Christ the same way that I see him. So That's the way it
0: should be. Absolutely. It should just see, you know, like I said, those two kinds of people and and it don't matter how much money you make or what yeah. your skin looks like. Vodie Bacham had a great made a great point about that and appreciating your skin and somebody else's and I try to not get wrapped up in that but he made such a great point that you have to acknowledge it like god wouldn't have made us look the way we do if it wasn't important on some level you know it's 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 who we are it's our uniqueness and we identify as believers that's our identity it's in christ exactly um but there's something to this too like we're we're supposed to look the way we do and and there's a purpose there and it's it, it, it we're beautiful the way that he made us because he made us in his image yeah Yeah, I'm extra beautiful.
1: He made me like extremely in his image. I always tell people, I'm I'm very all the way, all the way. Like he was like, this is my twin. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I was just kidding. But I think that's important, man. And that's why I tell our church, man, like our the diversity of people is like the beautiful kaleidoscope of God's grace, mercy, power, divinity. And if we miss that. You know, we miss it all because right. you know I had a church member that said to me, "I'm colorblind." I was like, "No, you're not." No, stop. I was like, "Stop." It. If someone robbed you and the police said what they look like, you'd be like, "White guy, black guy, Asian <laughs> guy, purple guy, six <laughs> yeah. foot tall." Like, you're not colorblind then, so mm-hmm. don't pretend like colorblind now. No, right. I think that I think that colorblind is like one of those cop outs that we use to not acknowledge the fact that there's diversity in people. Yeah, but I think that when you stop and you look at the diversity you can look at the beauty of God. And once you stop and look at it like it's the beauty of God, then you start to see the beauty of the person behind the color. Yeah. So um, that's one of the things we we preach constantly, constantly from the pulpit. And I always make jokes about race. I make people uncomfortable at our church about race <laughs> all the time, man. Like I tell people, like, in case you guys didn't know, my wife's white. And they're like, what? And I'm like, oh, you're surprised too, right? <laughs> so I, I just make jokes like that because I feel like if we, if we would not make it some type of shameful thing to talk about race, then I I feel like people would sort of kind of be more open to talk about it, especially like when I used to do music and tour a lot, you know, we did shows with black churches, white churches, Hispanic churches, you know, mixed churches, whatever. Yeah. And, and it was so cool just being able to see people clap and dance in unison and just praise God for a moment in time and forget about that. The person next to you was white, black, male, female, went to their church, didn't go to their church. We were just all there to see God in a special way at that moment in time. Yeah.
0: It's the, it's the way it should be, man. That's the way, but it, it's not. You 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 cheat somebody by being colorblind, right? I, mean, I, I hope, cheat man, you yeah. out of part of who you are. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's lazy to say I'm colorblind. Yeah, and you're yeah. not. Like I'm you not said, colorblind. You're no. like
1: they are like what? Black? Like? I'm, am I black?
0: Uh, I don't know. It depends on whether or not you're watching this or just listening <laughs> to the audio.
1: Nah, Danny. I'm sure with the audio, they can still tell you're not black, bro. <laughs> so, <laughs> Is that a racist joke? About no, absolutely. I don't make those, like, Daddy. I don't make those at all, uh, bro. So I call, I talk to
0: pastors a lot with, with my day job. Yeah. Uh call them all over the country, and, and they always, I'll talk to a guy in Washington State or especially up in the Northeast, uh-huh. you know, somebody in Vermont or New Hampshire, and they're yeah. like, uh, you're not from my area, are you? And they try to get around <laughs> to like, where are you from? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in northwest Georgia. And then they all know where Berry
1: College is. Oh, but, uh, but yeah, they, they they peg my accent pretty quick. Man, this lady, my my kid's teacher, was like, you're not from here, are you? And I was like, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> she was like, you're from up north. And I was like, no, no. I did radio for like seven years. And oh. when I did radio, they are like, you can't talk like you're from the south. And I was like, what the heck does that mean? We're in the south, bro. Like, all how right, do I stop talking from the south? But once I got off the radio, I was like, I want to go back to Sound, you know, sound Country. So I started yeah. listening to Garth Brooks more because, you know, I brung love it out of you. Bring <laughs> it on out. I'm like, go over yonder and get that there. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I wanted to get back to who I was. Yeah. And, um, but accents are, you know, Accents, colors, all that stuff. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. That it makes sense. But I do like the South. I don't think I could ever go up north.
0: You're from around here, though, I'm right? I'm from
1: Tennessee. I'm a Tennessee boy. Yeah. Born, raised, all Got your all Titans all hat stuff. on? Man, exactly. Greatest team <laughs> in the NFL. So <laughs>
0: I couldn't tell you. I, I'll take your word for it. The Titans, whatever. Yeah, so.
1: man. You're, you're college only, right?
0: Well, I used to be, and I just got tired of them and their farce of a postseason system.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: not to mention, like, I watched the NFL playoffs last year.
1: They I was were like, a man, joke, this, man.
0: Well, but the football was better. Yeah. Those guys are better football players. They like, are. I don't watch minor league baseball on TV. <laughs> I don't watch baseball. I watch the, the big leagues. You know, you want to watch the best guys doing it. Yeah. And so that was kind of a moment for me. And I'm getting into the NFL. Yeah. Where I used to be a huge football fan, and I just watched anything that was on. Right. And like I said, I got sick of college ball, and the NFL is more appealing to me now because yeah. – there's a way that you qualify for the postseason, yeah. and then they determine a champion. Yeah, on the field, it's the craziest thing ever. Yeah. Um. So I've kind of quit watching college ball. Man. I watch my brother's games, right? Because he's a college guy. I'm obligated. Right. Uh, right. But uh, by the way, Peru State, you need to fix your live stream. It's awful. There's no excuse in this day and age. Yeah, fix um, it. Yeah.
1: Like Danny said. But,
0: <laughs> but it's uh, yeah. I don't know. So I've kind of transitioned the program. and I'm catching up on who's who. But uh, so I'll take your word for it that the Titans are the best. Just take my word. I'm a
1: pastor, I can't lie. That's
0: fair, That's fair. <laughs>
1: Danny. Your face looked at me like he's lying. <laughs> I saw Asia, it,
0: Asia, <laughs> Where you at on this? Is that the real deal? Maybe, am I a liar? Asia? <laughs> nope.
1: <laughs> i told you i'm a pastor i can't lie to you can't do it's, it, it. It's Cannot not, do i it. can
0: try i don't know there's some dudes out there that call themselves pastor that do it every but, sunday
1: i mean see their <laughs> line by calling themselves pastors that's so, right right see, off the bat there you go oh, bless their hearts <laughs>
0: so, that's that southern thing man <laughs> yeah bless his heart oh my lord, lord help him man. Uh, but you're the real deal you're an actual pastor you're in an actual I, church
1: i am man i am i you know you're not. A, I always say you're not a pastor until you've cleaned a toilet. Like if you've never cleaned a toilet, you can't call yourself a pastor, bro. Yeah. Or if you've never sanded a wall, can't call yourself a pastor.
0: Yeah. Nope. Well, you're you you're you're the pastor. You got to get up in front of the church and talks yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. You're you're the counselor. You're the all the mm-hmm. things. You're the the plumber. You're the yes. electrician. Yeah. You're the the janitor. Yeah. You know yeah. all the things. Yeah. Um. And not that that's your only job but uh i saw a pastor on or i don't know the guy was even a pastor on twitter the other day uh-huh. and i wanted to fight this guy man because he says uh what is it if you're still cleaning the toilets in your church you're not fit for ministry what and i was like bro we're talking about jesus washing yeah,
1: people's exactly. feet right before he right before christ did one of the biggest like the the stamp on his ministry yeah. he washed his disciples feet man yeah. like that's crazy it doesn't that's get any more I,
0: I would I would clean I don't know, we're on Broad Street in downtown Rome right now and I'd clean every toilet on this street before yeah. I would wash somebody's feet.
1: Bro, like I him.
0: mean I would if God compelled me to wash some feet. Like we we gotta got right on the wall. Yeah. Like, no, it's gotta be yeah. light coming down from yeah, heaven, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. I'll clean all the toilets. I don't want to wash anybody's feet. Every toilet.
1: Yeah. After Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, right. All all of them, bro. All (laughs) of them. all Every single toilet, man. Uh, I actually, I did a sermon illustration where I was like, I'm going to wash this guy's feet. And man, he took his, like, I felt God told me to do this. And he took his shoes off. And I was like, Jesus, are you sure this, like, this is what you want me to do? Like, are you, you don't have anything else? Like, uh, I can't just talk about it. Man, and I washed his feet, and I tell you, it was like a surgical scrub after I got done. And I was just like, geez, I'm never doing this again. I don't know why you had me do it was this. This is a very important illustration. I'm glad it's over. Yeah, I was trying to find my wife. She was nowhere to be found. I was like, uh, yeah, let I me mean, wash your feet because I thought he looked like an average person. Yeah, man, yeah. his toes needed an anointing or something, bro. They were <sighs> broken, broken. I had some David Goggins feet. Man, they were bad. Like, uh, really, like they were looking at me like, don't touch me. And I I was like, I don't want to touch you. I would Jesus, rather not. Jesus is making me touch you. So I'm going to touch you. Uh. But but I've cleaned so many toilets, man. And, and like, I've answered the phone in the yeah. middle of the night, you know, being a pastor, one of those things where like, my buddy said it best. He does worship music. He was like, you're a pastor. You have to like people. And I was like, and you have to love people. And I was like, well, number one, I'm not that type of pastor. Like, I'm not of, let's, let's establish some things first and foremost. But I, I, I feel, because I think, because I, not because I think, I know because I love God, I have to. So, like, you get those calls where you really don't want to do something. Or, like, you get those calls where someone's like, I really need your help. And you help them. And then, like, all of a sudden you see that they're being wasteful with whatever you've helped them with. Uh-huh. And then you can't be like, why did you do that? Or go take it back. You right. just have to be like. I God, you had me do it for a reason, and it's it's crazy. So I couldn't imagine like a real bona fide pastor being like, if you can't clean toilets, you're not fit for ministry. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, that was his deal though, and I don't know, I don't know why you would like how, what what train of thought arrives at that station. I don't understand.
1: I don't know. It's it it's a bad train, and
0: though. I I think his his ideal was that you need to spend time and study, which is. Crate. Man, Spend you know. time and study because you got to talk on Sunday, and if we get it wrong, it's bad. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. So you do what you got to do, but at the same time, you got to have that servant heart.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. You absolutely. Do. And I think that if you don't have it, then you won't know how to reach people because yeah. they, the the. The only thing that allows me or compels me to porn to people is a servant's heart because if if it was Vince, it wouldn't happen, bro. I'm at the hospital. (laughs) I pray to God they give you what you need and hang the phone up. Or, you know, like me and my buddy Jay, we always joking is like, I'm just going to tell him this Sunday, go outside, find Jesus on your own. He's out there somewhere. Sometimes I want to say that, but my servant's heart, man, it compels me because you're a pastor, you know, and if we're being honest, and I've said it from the pulpit, there are some Sundays I just don't want to be at church, Yeah, you know, and there's some Sundays I just don't want to preach a sermon, Yeah. but my servant's heart says, I know these people need Jesus. So I'm going to give them as much Jesus as I have, man, as much as I have. So, that's that's the way I am.
0: Yeah, well there's there's the Sundays that you don't feel like getting up, going to church, preaching a sermon. There's Tuesdays that you don't feel like studying. No. Or, or praying man. or, you know, whatever, no. getting ready.
1: I pray. I'm like, God, please pass this cup from me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. My church is going to be like, why? Why, bitch? Why? They know you by this point. Man, they right? absolutely I mean, do. They, they would be stuck like, with you they... yeah, man. They told me if I ever come to church in like a suit and tie there, I'm like, what's wrong? What happened? So they know who I am. man. I
0: just recently started tucking my shirt in.
1: Oh, wow. That became a thing. How does that but, work out uh, for you?
0: It's okay. It helps with the, the, the lapel mic the and mic, the wire. Yeah. yeah, hold it all in place because otherwise it just kind of, the wire's going everywhere and Man. it's terrible. Yeah, it's just, that's a recent thing. I can't do it, brother. I can't. I wore yeah. a
1: Golden Girl shirt when, when Easter. Like, yeah, I'm that guy. That's me. Bro. That's, I'm, that, <laughs> I'm that passionate. No, you know, was Mother's Day. I wore a Golden Girl shirt. <sighs> Every Sunday I walk around with a Golden Girls mug that says, you know, laugh and eat cute cheesecake. Yeah. I'm, I'm that guy. You know, it's, I, I, I'm that's the, not wrong, though. That's not, not
0: wrong. It wouldn't man. be wrong for me to do it in here. You look at guys like, like John the Baptist. That's yeah. who I always look at. Well, like yeah. what if he was here today? What would he be wearing? Yeah, you know, Jordans. It, yeah, right. Jeans, and, yeah. It, and it shouldn't be a distraction. It shouldn't be right. I can't get up on this on the stage and and have on a shirt with a swear word on, it, you know, or something yeah. like you know that's going to just be like, what's he wearing more so than what's he's
1: saying? Yeah, right? man. But
0: I mean, it I happens. don't think it. I don't think he cares
1: that much. No, I don't think he does. I think, like you said, as long as you're not a distraction, yeah. I think you're good. Speaking of swear words, you want to hear a funny story? Hmm. Okay, I'm telling Shoot Polestar. it at me. So, <clears throat> I was preaching a sermon. Okay, um, and. Uh, I'm trying to find the, the right way to say it. So I was saying, I I, I yell at my kids because they put dishes when they they really wash dishes. because our, our dishwasher broke. It was like our third dishwasher. I was like, I'm not buying another dishwasher. Why do I keep breaking the dishwasher? Just wash the dishes. So I was like, just wash it. When I was in you know old school, I was the dishwasher back in the day. Right. Bro. So they took the dishes. They put them on a towel. So I was telling this story in church in front of, you know, we do live stream. People watch yeah. it, whatever. So I was trying to say wash the dang dishes. But that's not what came out. Wash the dishes came out. But I, I wouldn't. I didn't say that. <laughs> so I said the word "dang" and mm right after it, so it sounded like. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So to this day, that's the point, though,
0: right? When you're you're trying to say that word, and like you get choked yeah, for half a second, and then it sounds terrible. It just sounds terrible.
1: Yeah. But here's the problem with it. So <clears throat> we're live stream. So we have my one of my deacons. I actually took the three second clip of that. And he plays it to every visitor and person that walks into our church. Now <laughs> they're like, "Yeah, we're accepting church. Here's our ca- our pastor, our pastor <laughs> <you> swearing <laughs> on he stage." Plays it. So uh. like speaking, of swearing like that's that's one of those things. But our church is like they they expect that kind of stuff. Like they, right. I think not me swearing. Wait, <laughs> let me run that back. <laughs> our,
0: our, <laughs> we cut that part out.
1: They expect uh. me like you know uh, just being who I am. Like I tell stories about my daughters and my my son and, yeah. and my wife and, and everything when it comes to because I feel like people relate better to real life you know yeah, I yeah. feel like people they they understand when you talk about real life it brings the scripture to life yeah. I met with this young man today who's trying to date my daughter and we had lunch yeah this daughter and that daughter yeah, man. man. Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. I you know what we had that talk. I was like, don't end up on a t shirt. Mm-hmm. So that <laughs> talk. But um <clears throat> my my uh I was talking to him and and you know I was telling him about, you know, how I preach and all that kind of stuff, and I was like, I, I could tell you that heaven is real and Jesus is real and and you may believe it. Right. Or I can say, Hey, this is how I've seen God in real life. And I think that would make a bigger impact. And he was like, man, I never thought about it like that. And I was like, well, just stop and think about it. If I show you, Hey, I'm a real person with real problems whose life is sort of kind of, we have hiccups sometimes, but God shows up every single time. He's like, man, I never thought about it like that. And you know, going with that. And I know there's like a weird topic switch, but our church, we've gotten on this, like, whole mental health thing you yeah. know and we've been talking about that a lot because i felt like for the longest of time you know the church when i was growing up it was like pray your way through it type thing yeah tough it like, out yeah, yeah. bro it's was like that it don't work like that and i experienced it i had what's called stress-induced depression man i never knew that that was a thing i didn't either. and um it was one of those things where i was trying to be successful at everything and i mm-hmm. felt like i was feeling that everything right and i remember you know we we had all these big contracts with our company and the church was growing and the family was doing good and you know everything was going right man but something inside of me felt like i was failing at everything and i remember sitting in my car and i was like dude if tomorrow doesn't come i'm cool with it you know and <laughs> that I was, bad huh? <laughs> yeah bro, it was that it was that now, i didn't want to like take like my life or, right yeah. you know stop my own tomorrow but It was one of those moments where I finally realized, like, mental health is real, and we need to talk about this Mm -hmm. thing, man. So I actually went before my church, and I was talking to them about it, and we did a whole series on mental health, and we talked about it. And people were coming up to me, and they're like, thanks for bringing your story to us, yeah, because it showed us that we're not in this alone that we're not marginalized. Yeah. And and it helped me realize I was like, dude, we got to do better as a church, you know, just not even just mental health, just real life. Because sometimes we as pastors, man, we act like we are like our life, we don't go through stuff like our life is all we have to pretend, right? Cause then people will think we're human. Exactly. uh, Yeah, exactly. Man. I And I tell my congregation, I'm human all the time. You come to my house on the wrong day, bro. You don't know what you're going (laughs) to see. (laughs) So I mean, or you catch me on the freeway on the wrong day. You don't know what you're going to I mean, I, and like I told my church one day, I was like, you know, I know many of you probably think I come to church listening to the newest like Maverick City song or Bethel or whatever. I was like, there's some mornings, man, I go to church, I'm listening to DMX. Like, you know, right, right, you know? And they're like, what? They're like, I'm just being real with you. Like, when I get here, I get into that mode, but there's some mornings where, I mean, I may turn on like, you know, country music. Yeah. Dalton Dover from Rock Mart, real good friend of ours. He comes out, he's led worship at our church. I may cut his songs on. It. And they're like, Man, hey, you're, you're a pretty dope pastor, you know? And maybe that's why we got a lot of young people at our church. Maybe so. <laughs> so yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, this pastor's cool. It's just being real, though. Yeah, but it's, and I think that if we as pastors can get back to that, mm-hmm. we'll start seeing like real people with real problems coming to the church looking yeah. for a real God. But it took me a minute to get to that place, a long time. But it started off with me swearing now, you know, from the pulpit. Right in the pulpit. But I made a point. So (laughs) it was so funny because that Sunday, man, I had all these parents come in. That sermon was for my kid. They needed to hear that. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you're welcome. But I did this. It was effective, right? It worked. Exactly. Exactly.
0: So apart from being a pastor, Uh and I guess maybe before you were a pastor, Uh you were.
1: A hip hop artist. Yeah, man. Are a hip hop artist. I, I I'm I'm back in doing hip hop. Yeah. I was I was doing hip hop for the longest of time. Um I actually traveled and toured for years. Um we got to we got to open up for some cool people. We opened up for Andy Mino, KB, we've opened up for Lecrae, um Newsboys, just like some really dope, dope yeah, people, yeah. man. And uh and I was touring and we <clears throat> went we toured down in Florida, we toured up north, we toured all over the place um and then i started having kids and i was like this ain't for me i need to be at home and then i stayed at home i was like i think i'm ready to get back on the road so i got back on the road started touring again and uh and then i became a pastor and i stepped away from it and man when i gave up music i thought i was doing the right thing but i felt like i lost a part of myself yeah and uh, my pastor friend or spiritual mentor came to me he said when God sent David to fight Goliath, he gave him multiple tools. He said, if God just sent him with a rock, it probably wouldn't have been as impactful if he didn't have a slingshot. And he was like, <laughs> yeah. use all the tools that you got. So I got, I've gotten back into music. We recently just hooked up with this ministry called Reasons for Hope. And okay. we travel and we uh, do these things called equip conferences. So we go there and we do a hip-hop show and I share a message. And, uh, dude, it's really dope. And we were traveling again. Um, we actually, we're starting to sign artists now to the I die family. Okay. So we just signed so you, an artist. So your name is I die. You're yeah. I go by name. I die. Okay. Yeah. Galatians two man. And, and, uh, we just signed an artist, YCK young Christ kid. And uh, he's from Gainesville, Georgia, man.
0: Okay. And
1: he's amazing. And and me and my drummer Dean, we travel, and my daughter, she's DJing for me. And uh and we're getting back out there, bro. It's, that's awesome. It's I mean, it's fun. I'm feeling my age though. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, touring has gotta get harder as you get older. oh brother, it's really hard. Yeah, now, man. It's you know, when <clears throat> I it's so funny because when I was younger, like we first we toured in tour buses, and i was like, this is great, you know. Mm-hmm. Or we did the host home thing, and then we did tour buses, and then we did hotels, and I feel like the older i got the more i I started disliking people so (laughs) i was like bro i can't do this hotel thing like you know because you're living in a hotel and like and then you're always packing up and going so then we started staying in houses which was like really cool yeah Um, because you have your own space and we would stay in central Florida. And what we would do is if say for instance, someone booked us in Tampa, they would get us a hotel room and we'd stay out there just for overnight. But it was cool, man. And music is, it's great, man. It's, for me, I feel like I I can write a sermon and behind the beat and it's yeah it is phenomenal man yeah yeah and I'm able to reach young people and and it still keeps me cool and relevant even though I got gray hair. Do you know? Right. So. <laughs> the stage
0: lights just right there. Yeah, so it's mean, you know, great. Do you know Jay? Uh, he's here local. He used to be what was he? He was a little Yelly. A little Yelly, no. You guys got to get together. Yeah, I had for him sure. on a few episodes back. But uh but I can make that happen. Man,
1: make it happen. I would love to. I
0: would love to, man. He's uh he's a young guy. Jay's sixteen, seventeen. What? Yeah. Man. And is He's out there doing it, you know, same kind that's, of thing you're talking about doing. That's awesome, but, bro. But he's a, he's a local guy here. But
1: man, I'll put you together. Definitely do that, man. I want to yeah. help. And that's the, I think that's one of the reasons why God put me back into music is to help these younger artists. Because, yeah. man, I'm not going to be the 50-year-old dude on stage jumping around trying to do hip-hop. I'm not going to be that guy. Yeah. Some people pull it off, but I don't like just for man, and I and I got a bad back. So, yeah. eventually, I am have to stop, bro. So, uh, yeah. But I would love to help him and, and get him out there, man. Yeah. That's what we're doing Young Christ Kids with YCK is. Essentially, we we signed him to, like, a, almost an artist development deal, and we yeah. want to help him get out there and do music because I've done it for so long, and I love doing it, man. I yeah. love doing it, and I, I love getting on stages and just preaching the gospel and, you know, doing shows and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I feel like eventually I might have to pass the, the torch along. You know? Well,
0: I felt so bad for uh, KJ5-2 a few yeah. years ago. Yeah, He got to the point where he realized that, like, People not calling a forty five year old white dude to come rap for him, exactly on the big stage, yeah, he could still play in somebody's church or yeah. a youth event you know or whatever,, yeah. but he wasn't being invited to winter jam or or yeah. one of the, any of the big concerts anymore, and yeah that was a it was and i actually I think I did an episode about that, but it was tough to watch him go through that and that realization, yeah, but I think the approach that you're taking. Is a whole different thing, you know. You're trying to bring up the next generation, absolutely. Which is what we should always be doing,
1: man. Absolutely. That's what you call what's the word for the discipleship, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to live out what Jesus told me to do. Yeah, you know? and I think, man, like a lot of artists, a lot of us seasoned artists. I like to say that you know we're trying Seasoned, to do that yeah. you know like lecrae's doing it now and you know um and he's doing it like with like halvey and you know andy's out there and he's he's helping push different artists and yeah. things like that um and i think that's what we need to do you know because god has given us a voice and he's given us a platform and and i don't want to just walk away from it right but it is a harsh reality to to reach that age where Or reach that place where no one's calling you you know yeah um and it's crazy because when we finally announced or we started doing shows again we were getting calls which was dope and i don't expect to be like on the big stage i don't you know we've done that it's been great um right i don't i don't expect to do it again and i don't i want to push these younger guys to do that kind of stuff yeah um and i can't you know being a pastor i have to be here on sundays and it you know, makes it tough to play Saturday night. I mean, even. Man, yeah, yeah, it makes it extremely tough. And I, and you know, like even touring, I can't tour like I used to because you know if my congregation calls me and they need me, I need that to make sure that I'm I'm available. Right. Granted, we have like pastors, support pastors, and stuff, but I don't want to be that pastor where, oh, I'm going to call Pastor Vince and he's going to send a support pastor. To come. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be that guy. So, but I do love doing music, man. I love it. It's it's really a passion for me and. I love writing new music and and I love trying to stay relevant. I love challenging myself, man. Yeah. Love challenging myself. I think the last song that I wrote or the one one of the songs I'm writing right now is about my dad. Actually, I'm right now I'm called Church Hymnals in 808. Mm. It's the album, but I have a song about my dad on there. And you know, my dad, he passed like shortly a few years after my brother passed. Mm. And me and my dad, I mean we had a checkered relationship, and I wrote this song years ago. It's called Dear Dad and it got a lot of radio play. And my dad heard it and he actually called me. He was like, man, was that song about me? And I was like, well, not really, but it was about him, you know? Yeah. But I felt like so bad because I heard like, just like his voice when he asked me Mm -hmm. and I was like, I can't, can't say this. But then as I got, and I was younger at that point, but as I got older, man, I became a dad, you know, my dad, he had his demons. He was, he was an alcoholic, you know, Mm -hmm. he, he used drugs. Um, but when I got older and I became a dad, I realized that we don't do it perfectly. Yeah. We dropped the ball. Yeah. And just because the ball that he dropped is different than the ball that I dropped, we all dropped the ball. Right. And God really convicted me, and I was like, you know what? All those years that I spent brewing hate for my dad, I missed time where I could be pouring Christ into my father, you know? Yeah. And uh, it really hit me. But uh-huh. on his deathbed, man, it was it was – one of the things I think God gave me was I was able to share Christ with him and make sure that he had a relationship with Christ. And two days after we had that conversation was when things really started. He died of pulmonary fibrosis. Mm-hmm. And uh, two days after that happened is when his O2 sats and things began to drop, man. And But I was able to, number one, share Christ with him. Yeah. But number two, we had a lot of open conversations about things that happened and why he did things that he did. And, um, it brought a lot of closure. Yeah. You know, it brought a... It was so weird because I was on... We did a show at a water park down in Tampa, man. And there was thousands of people there. And I was on cloud nine, man. I came back and I was sitting in my office. And all of a sudden I get this phone call. Hey, your dad is sick. And I was like, what the heck are you talking about? And they're like, you need to go. And I was like, no, I'm good. You know, and mm-hmm. that's how much anger I had in my heart towards them. Yeah. But when I finally went, you know... I was able to, he was like, I want you to be my power of attorney. And I remember the next day I went back to my office, man, I just bawled and I cried to God and I was like, why are you putting this on me? Like what the world? And I was like, he was like, because you're going to be the person that shows him the love that I have for him because did he deserve it? Probably not. You know, do any of us deserve no, it? We yeah. Absolutely. don't. Yeah. But he was like, you're going to show it to him. And I, and I did. And And it, it was, I think it was, Therapeutic for both of us. Yeah. So I got in the studio and I wrote this song, man, and and uh it was dope, man. I, I enjoyed writing it because I think it, it cleared out a lot and you know, and I've written other songs, you know. Um I wrote a song called The Return where I talk about where I've been and everything and yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I'm writing like some old school like churchy type sound stuff. So I'm trying to stay in my lane. It's old.
0: cool that there are people writing songs <clears throat> that tell stories. Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's, that we, we lost that at some man, point. Yeah. Like, that's where rap came from. Yeah, and man. That's where country country and rap were the same thing. Yes, sir. And people, I don't know if they realize that or not. Yeah. But then they both got away from that. Yeah. And then we're talking about how big our rims are and how much money we got. We're doing
1: mumble rap. Where they like rubble, rubble, yeah. Rubble, yeah, but
0: it just get back to telling a story, man. Yeah, man, exactly, that's man. What got it done? And Exactly. That's, I mean, if you're going to share the gospel in
1: music, that's the way it's got to be. Anyway, it's got to be. It's it's definitely has to be. I told I tell guys I work with, and I told my drummer, I've told you know my manager, I refuse to write songs where finding the gospel is like finding the Da Vinci Code. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. told my age, but anyway, so I, <laughs> I refuse to write songs like that, I man. I want the gospel to be like forefront i want right. people when they hear the music to know that it's about jesus because for a while man and when i was in the industry like he- heavy uh, you know one of the things that they would preach to you is don't shove jesus in people's face yeah you know and now our some of our new merch like one of our new shirts says no nah, i'm good god's got me God' godfidence the other one biggest day says you know jesus still saves mm-hmm. so we're i'm trying to come back with a mindset of We don't have time to, like, play and try to win a Grammy. People need Jesus, man. And so if I'm going to come back, if God is going to open this door, people are going to get sick of hearing me talk about Jesus. But it's going to happen, man. It's going to happen. So that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. Well, I
0: know a lot of people, they – a lot of Christian artists want to be Christian artists Mm because they they can't write a song in it with cuss words because their mom's going to hear it, right? Yeah. But they they don't want to get too far into the Jesus thing. In case like a record deal presents itself, and then they don't want to be branded Christian, so they could jump over when the time when the opportunity came. That's what it seemed like a lot of artists were were doing, and
1: and that happens. Man, we actually so when I was younger, man, I got offered a deal with Sony Red and Defen Records, and um, you know they they sat down, and then I got a a publishing deal Mm -hmm. with Doc Holliday, and they're like, we don't want you to be a non-Christian artist, but we don't want you to write about. Jesus, we want you to be a positive artist, yeah. And I was young, bro. I was like, Yeah, let's do it. And my mom's like, No, yeah. so I, was like, yeah, I was like, You know, I was just because for me, I was like, It's the music, you know. But I actually talked to YCK the other day because right before he signed with us, somebody said, Hey, let's go do the showcase, but they didn't want the same scenario. And right. I said, Here's the reality God opened up every door in your life to get you to this point. Why would you leave him at the door when you reach this point? There you go. And uh, so my mom, you know, I thank God for her because she pulled me by the ear and said, no, we're good. <laughs> and, get, uh, get up. Let's go home. Yeah, man. And we've had other deals. We we got a deal by Magic Johnson was about to sign us to a deal. His mom and him, they were about to start a record label called I.O. Christ Records, and we went up to Detroit. And we performed there, and then Warner Music Group offered us a deal. And I always look back, and I'm like, what if I would have taken those deals? And then I, one day I just finally stopped and I was like, man, I don't care about what ifs because yeah. I'm so happy at as, as to where God has me now, man. Right. I wouldn't change a thing. Some things I would change, you know, nah, you know a few things. Good. But, you know, for the most part, signing deals and stuff. Because I look at these artists, man. I know so many artists that have signed deals. Yeah. And, and they are stressed to the max. Yeah. And... They're not happy. Yeah, and they're not
0: who they were when they started. Yeah, man,
1: I'm not trying to be that guy. I always want to be the guy where I can take my kids to Chuck E. Cheese and we be good. You know, I want to be the dude that's able to go to Chuck E. Cheese and climb up in the ball pit and have fun. (laughs) You know, I want to be that guy. So, so I I don't. I'm I'm happy where I'm at. I got you.
0: Good deal. Tango, where we at on time? Hour two. Hour two. Man, how long you got?
1: Man, I got as much time as you want. Uh, Okay. I mean. Yeah, what do you want to talk about now? I don't
0: know. We I always say every time we sit down to do this, I think, man, I should ask him how long he wanted to talk, and I just never do.
1: Man, I'll, I I'm here for the. Told for
0: you me. we could talk about whatever you wanted, and didn't not about anything you didn't want, uh-huh. and uh-huh. I still didn't get around to the time constraints, not constraints.
1: I mean. Restrictions.
0: Restrictions. What your restrictions might be. I don't have I any I'll be here until I mean, 10 o'clock tonight, I guess. Man,
1: I'm going fishing. I, I, I'll talk to you about it. I picked up fishing, bro. Yeah. And car collecting. Okay. I'm turning into that old guy.
0: I That's, mean,. I used to fish, and I've kind of gotten away from it. I didn't Uh get back into fishing. You should. Man, listen,
1: it is like the most I've been busy being fishers
0: of men, Vince. I mean, forget
1: fishers (laughs) of men. They'll find Jesus on their own. Leave breadcrumbs to the cross. But so fishing, (laughs) the fishing is phenomenal, man. So we went to the creek the other day, next to our church. And man, I had such a blast! Such a blast! My daughter Akira, she's nineteen. She doesn't like touching worms. Yeah, wormfish, the worms, the so, fish. So, but I, so I caught this fish and I hooked it like sideways, like in its body. Ugh. And I was like, "How am I going to save this fish?" So I was like, "Yeah, dude, I saved it! I saved it!" And then oh, we're we put, not keeping these fish. You just no, man. Them. Yeah, no, I get man, it. No, I'm not trying to get parasite. But uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but uh, we took it and I put it back, and it <laughs> was floating sideways. And I was like. I that that fish murdered that the it. fish. Yeah, it's my little daughter looks at me and she goes, You killed it, didn't you, dad? And I was like, Nah, babe, it's sleeping, it's sleeping it's on this sleeping. side. Just let it take a nap. Uh, let it. I thought, I so thought I said it. man, it's not fine. I don't know what's up with that fish, it's uh, just floating right along. But man, it's so relaxing, and I forgot how fun fishing was. And then I'm collecting football and base not football and basketball cars. And now my daughter calls me, that's
0: her. coming back, right? Man, it is. Like we did that in. The 80s and 90s, yeah, shoeboxes. Thank you, Danny. Yeah. Thank you. It was a thing. Yeah, you hear that? You hear it? We, and Danny's cool. Danny's We're, cool We people. used to go to shows and conventions. Thank and you. There'd be tables all the way around this convention room. Yes. With, and you're looking for George Brett's rookie card. Man, or, you know, and my
1: lifestyle's overreacting because I picked up like a thousand cards last week. Oh, that might have been a little more <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, she has banned me from the card store. So oh, I found an antique store I can get like twelve cards for a dollar. And I found some yeah, some decent cards. Yeah. I found like a, a Barry Sanders holographic card. Oh. I found like a bunch of Peyton Manning cards. Yeah. I found a couple Jordans, a couple Dennis Rodmans. But she's like, Stop buying cards. So today I was like, can I buy one more, one more card? So you just
0: got to be selective about which cards you're nah, buying. No, bro. But tomorrow
1: <laughs> I'm buying a, a box of 30 packs of cards. And I was like, I'll buy these and I'll be good for like a month, but I'll probably be good for like a day and a half.
0: So, are you also selling them, trading them, like we used to do back in the day? life,
1: bro. No, I'm not. No. Okay. I'm going to trade them. So, all right. This is cool. I like this. Now we don't want it for the passion. Now we're talking. I need some advice.
0: Roll it out there. We're talking about all aspects of life as it pertains to Christians.
1: So, Dr. Danny, this is what's happening. All right. So, this kid, he he doesn't even collect basketball cards, right? But here's what he's doing. He has three Jordan cards. Four. He has has four that I want, right? Here's what he wants. He wants me to give him a box of 30 Fleer Ultra, Ultra mm-hmm. cards. They're from the 91, 93 era. He wants all of those for two cards.
0: For two Michael Jordan Michael cards? Michael Jordan
1: cards. I, I think that's fair. No, Danny. You don't no. think so? I don't think so. It's
0: Michael Jordan.
1: Man, I, I listen, I preach Jesus to him every week. I think he's just giving them to me. I'm just going to pray that God smites him until he... That he can't not get any how that cards. works at all. But it might. I mean, <laughs> I figured As I could. In fact, he might, might <laughs> smite one of us. And oh I'm just gonna... <laughs> man, man! All right, well, I'm, I'm debating it. I'm debating. I try to give him a Barry Sanders card. I got John Elway, Troy, Troy Aikman cards. Don't go. For how old stuff. is this kid? He's like thirteen. You think I'd have beat him up? Just take it. You probably
0: could. But yeah, I mean, but he—if he doesn't know who Barry Sanders is, but he you know does what I'm though. Like, does his know dad's
1: you? my associate youth pastor. Okay, so maybe I'll just tell his dad I'm gonna fire him if his son doesn't give me the car.
0: That's it. That's the play. That's it. Just power play on. Just, yeah, just be like listen, and it's, bro. It's you not know who violent, I am. but it's like, yeah, it's passive aggressive. I won't get arrested or anything no, if I really do that. Either. Yeah, yeah if, if, if that don't beat work, beat the kid up. That's I can't do. That.
1: I mean, I won't beat him up. What if I, like, walk by and shoulder bump him real You just hard? goon him a little yeah, bit? Yeah, be like, give me the card, punk. And then I just hit him. So, <laughs> I'm going to get that Jordan uh, card, Danny. And yeah, when I get you it, it, I'm going to see a picture of me holding that card.
0: I'm not going to tell you how I got
1: it. But I'm gonna get
0: the car. It might be best. I don't want to be yeah. an accomplice after yeah. the fact. Or you know, I just like my
1: buddy Danny. He knows jujitsu. He says, he uh, "Come here we and go. talk we you. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> Danny discussion. Burnham. His shirt is at four oh nine. That's what I'm gonna do. But uh, I picked up card collecting and things like that. Man, I'm, like I said, I'm that old guy now. Yeah. I still love doing music, but you know, I love collecting cards and, and things.
0: You gotta like have that. something. else. That's what jujitsu jiu- jiu- is for me. Yeah.
1: And I don't get to do it nearly as
0: much as I would like to. Yeah. But you got to have that thing yeah, man. that you can do that you don't have to think
1: about anything else. Yeah, like absolutely nothing yeah. else. And that, you know, for my kids love fishing. Um, my son, he loves Pokemon or whatever. And and I my mom's like, get rid of those. The devil's in them. I'm like, ah, it's just Pokemon. Is so, it? I mean, <laughs> yeah. is the devil really in your so, cards? But my son, man, he, he loves Pokemon. And we're supposed to collect, like put cars together all my wife's like now it's yours I was like I don't care it is mine so that's that's where we are but I, I I have that thing now because as a pastor dude you gotta have that thing where you can separate yourself yeah and just like shut everything off my mom she was like that was so rude because we were at my daughter's graduation she was like and you're gonna be like Vince that was horrible but we were at my daughter's graduation and my mom was like come pray with me for this lady and I was like Mm-mm. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm not pastor. That's, that's horrible. <laughs> I said, I'll pray from her for a, from a distance. So i was yeah, like, I'm I, I was just trying to be dad today. I don't oh, want to be, but that's my moment where I can just be like, and that's why I told my wife, I was like, man, I just shut everything off and I'm just here, just vibing, yeah, just enjoying my my cars. And I was like, you need to sell. And I stopped telling my wife my how much cars are worth because you should definitely yeah, stop. Bro, doing that, every and... time she's like, well, we you know we gotta like we gotta put an engine in our car. Or one of our vehicles, and she's like, We need an engine. I and was you're like, cars? Well, you better pray about it because they're not. <laughs> like, oh. But she's like, You got a Larry Bird car, and you got uh, this car. And I was like, I'm gonna keep it. She's like, For what? And I was like, Because it's mine, like to that's have. What we have. So that's what we do. Oh, I just dropped your bike, but I said, That's that's what we do. So she doesn't get it, but I'm going to, you know. I'm going to keep collecting cards, but that's where my life is. It's Music. nostalgic at this point. Oh, exactly. Nostalgia. Like, you know, I made Kool-Aid as a sermon illustration one time, and everybody got all weirded out because I put <laughs> half a bag of sugar. It's like, this, that's how we do things. That's how we did I it. Mean, <laughs> you know, that's how we did it back in the day. But then they all drank it. And they're like, oh, this is so good. What's your <sighs> recipe? I was like, I'm black. That's how, no, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> That's going to be edited, so, too. <laughs> so what you
0: did was talk a big group of people into drinking some Kool-Aid. Man.
1: We people. were talking about beforehand you I mean, being accused of being a cult I leader. Mean, you know what? Never. And now yeah. we've brought the Kool Aid in. Uh, you know, <sighs> next week if I change my name to Jim, just ignore it. <laughs> you know, so, but, <laughs> but we have. I mean, uh, that's that's where I'm at. man. I'm just I, I'm trying to like just find things just to live live life, you know. And now my kids love fishing, so we're doing that yeah. and, and all that good stuff, man. But life is good and life is great, man. Well, we, so.
0: We've reached a point in life. I don't think you're a couple years younger than me, but we're you get you get to a point where you're looking. <laughs> You know, you always look forward when you're younger. I can't wait till I'm, I can't wait till I'm. You get to where we are, and you're kind of looking both ways, bro. Yeah. And you go, what could I have done? What did I? What have I missed out on? Yeah. So then you're getting into fishing and baseball cards and yeah, all that stuff, bro. and then you're looking at the end, and you're like, "Well, how much time do I have yeah, left exactly. to do all this stuff that yeah, I am?" So buy the baseball cards. Yeah.
1: Thank you. You hear that, and right? Buy the baseball cards. I'm about to die. Let me buy the baseball <laughs> cards. Okay. So, <laughs> so <laughs> my son actually, he's like, "Yeah, man, Dad, you're like 40 and a half or 41 and a half," and I was like, "We don't do halves at my age. No like, halves. We know. yeah yeah, we like, we soak in every we're single age, down. yeah. Like you know, no, I'm not forty and a half. I'm like you know, forty. Like and I, like my birthday is December 16th. And my wife's like, tomorrow's your birthday. I was like, we're not talking about it today. It's not my birthday. Today's so not my birthday. Today is December 15th. <laughs> and this past year, my wife got me COVID or gave me COVID for my oh, birthday. So I was bless like, her heart. That's fantastic, like, man. This is awesome, bro. I'm gonna be 41 and die. It's gonna be great. So, but I didn't. I coached a basketball game because I'm a horrible human. Yeah, but, somebody's got to do it. I mean, somebody has to. And you don't kids, have an assistant coach in
0: your rec league. You know,
1: it's not man, like he—he he may be watching this, so I'm not going to give him my opinion. On okay, that. but right. so, <laughs> but uh, hey, we no, he was a good coach. But uh, no, the kids ran up to me and I was like, "Stay back!" And they're like, "Why, coach? We want to get close. To stay back." Mm-mm, I couldn't don't. be like, "I got COVID." I was just like, "Stay back!" But I was like five days in or five yeah. or six days in, so I think I was good. Man. Probably weren't but, contagious anymore. I mean. Maybe not. None I, of them got sick, so I figured, you know, hey, we did something right. There I you mean, go. You know. Did you win the it. game? Did we win that game? It was my birthday. Nope, we didn't win that you game. You
0: lost while your dad had COVID. No, she, the...
1: she it wasn't her team. It was my okay. Sister. They lost all their games. Her team
0: did. I was just going to – I mean, you can't lose on your dad's birthday while he has COVID. Oh, though. man. That's...
1: They lost all the time, though. Her team <sighs> did. It wasn't her fault. Perfect though. record, though, right? Yeah, I mean the the glass half empty philosophy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. They That's were horrible. They, they were had
0: fun though, right? Like it was no, really. No, fun. No, we don't believe in participation no, trophy. No, no. Uh-huh. They weren't
1: bad. My daughter's really good. She's a really good ball player. She's do ballet and uh now she's a ball player and and uh she's about to go to college and she we're trying to decide if she was gonna play ball in college. So but my son's team, they were beast, man. They were very good. I got a tech and lost us a game one time. Oh, It happens. Yeah, yeah, it happens to the best of us. So, but that's what I'm doing now, and I'm getting older. My kids are graduating. My daughter. There's a guy that wants to date her now, and
0: we might have to straighten this
1: out. Man, I tried, bro, but he loves Jesus and he's a good kid.
0: Well, that's you know, yeah, there's no something to be said for that.
1: I tried to threaten him, but he was like, "If you kill me today, I go to heaven tomorrow." So. No, he didn't say that. Yeah. I mean, but if he did, maybe that's what you're waiting on. That's the criteria. I mean, but I'm when, just waiting When he says that. You know, yeah. You can give him the green light. Yeah, I'll be like, "You know, you know, but he he was like, this is what he got me with, all right? You ready? So it's this all right. he's like a smooth, you know, operator, But He was like, <sighs> "So my daughter was too afraid to ask him to prom." It's like, "You know, a good dad. I I said, "Hey, you want to go to prom with my daughter?" You know? But it was supposed to stop at prom, like it was like prom stop, uh, like you he's the one off, yeah, yeah, like you know, just going about your life, right? You know, like going back leave. to church, find yeah. Jesus, all that kind of stuff, you know. So she told me that he liked that that they liked each other or whatever. So the way she presented was like, you know, how do you like him? And I was like, ah, uh, here oh, we go, man, here bro. we go. <laughs> so like, and like, he's real like country, real cool kid, yeah. But like, he calls me daddy car, which is weird. Yeah, bro. Was, okay, we got some. Work like, past that. Yeah. That's, that's I'm tough. trying to work past it. Yeah. Like he told me today he needs to find a better nickname. And I was like, yeah, yeah. that's probably a good idea.
0: You can call me just about anything else. <laughs> Except for daddy car, especially <laughs> like in
1: public. Like it's it's, it's strange, yeah. but you know, so she's, she's about to date this guy. And the way he got, got me was, she was like, you know, when you text me about taking your daughter to prom, like I was actually praying and asking God Come on. <laughs> Yeah, bro. Come on. Yeah, man. He hit me with that. I was you know, I was branded asking God if she should be my companion because I don't like dating. And I was like, bruh. Yeah. But he got me though. Because yeah. I couldn't yeah. call a guy like, you know, he's a good guy, you know, and And, you know, I I paid for his lunch. You know, I was trying to be a nice guy. And I told him, I said, don't let this be your last meal. You know, so, (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. But we we had a good lunch, and and he's a a good guy, man. I did tell him, I don't mind rocking orange for my kids, so don't give me a reason to. And, you know, I did all the dad things. Right, right. And I told him, just take his time. Let's not put any titles on it or anything. Yeah, don't do that because that just that makes things complicated. Terrible. Yeah, thank uh, you. I try to tell them that. Yeah, you just know, just hang out. That, just hang out. Yeah, just hang out forever. Yeah, like don't don't ever yeah, at
0: least until you're thirty five, thirty five. 30 5 35 Yeah, thirty
1: That's five, safe. and then we'll talk about dating. Then you date to like forty five. <laughs> By that time, I'll be dead. So I don't even and care it wouldn't matter. I mean, right. you know, be do whatever you got to do at that point. Uh, so so yeah, but I've already decided if they get married, I'll be the one to object. You know, yeah, I'll be, I'll be that guy when he tries to take my daughter's hand. Speak to him. now or forever yeah. hold your peace. Yeah, I'll
0: speak loudly. Speak right. loudly. So, speak now yeah. and hold my peace. Exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. So that that's gonna be yeah. me, man. But yeah, so I'm getting getting older, man. But it's cool. I like getting older, man. I'm embracing it. Yeah, bro. I didn't you think I, do I would.
0: Stuff. Yeah, I, I had a moment the night that I put my head on the pillow on the last day of my 39th year. Yeah. And I was like, I'll be 40 tomorrow. But then I was like, I'm just going to spend an entire year like Mike Gundy.
1: Yeah. Yelling yeah. at
0: people going, I'm a man, I'm forty. Yeah, and bro. I did that whole year. Anything, anybody anything, anything came up at all. I that's was a man, a man, 40. that's what I'm talking about. So bro. you just
1: embrace it. I'm right? waiting for <laughs> sixty, so I can be like those old people, just yell random, crazy stuff, man. That <laughs> listen, that I cannot wait for that day, bro. And I everybody's can't. like, He's it's okay. Yeah, he's <laughs> old, bro. He's, you know, just just let like, it go. I'm gonna be that guy. They're gonna be like, What do you want to eat? I'm like, Burger King! Uh, just like random stuff. So I can't wait, man. So that's been my life, man, but um but yeah, so life's life's going good, bro. Good, damn. Life's going good. So tell folks where they can find your church. You can find us in Rockmart, Georgia, downtown Rockmart. We're at two hundred South Marble Street, um, Rockmart, Georgia, three oh one five three. or you can watch us online, we're at North Church Rockmart, and that's where we are.
0: Where can people find IDye
1: Music? If you go to IDye Music on Facebook, um, I think our website's still up. Uh, it's been so long. I die music on Facebook. I die um We're actually going to release a lot of our old music on album music so they can do that. And then we're okay. going to start releasing our tour dates that we're going to be going on the road.
0: Cool, Let's man. Start. Good deal. Well, it has been fantastic talking it's, to you. Yeah, man. Yeah. I hope you still have a job at your church yeah. after this.
1: And God uh, will hope. open up another door. No, hope. I'm just kidding. Don't fire me, North. Oh, I'm just playing. <laughs>
0: Rena won't see this. Nobody <laughs> will see it until after you get home. Oh, cool. So she'll let you back in. For a couple days at least. Oh man, this we got a
1: keypad deadbolt. I'm good. Oh, you're bro. good to go. I'm good. All right. it's a push come shove, I'll break a window. I'm on, right. I'm on the papers. So, <laughs> uh, well, it's been good, man. Absolutely. Thank you for coming out. Thank you for having me, Danny. Man, yes, sir. We'll Thank do you. it again. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: God bless you guys. We love you. See you next time. Thank you for watching Burnham Podcast. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.